Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America. And welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where in a little bit, we're going to be talking to Congressman Daryl Issa of California. One of my favorite interviews that last year was the interview we did with then-candidate Issa. You remember he was making a comeback to Congress after being out of Congress for a couple of years, running for a new seat. And uh, he laid on the line in early April of 2020 exactly what the American economy was likely to go through as a result of the pandemic shutdown of the sort of ideas that Fauci and uh, governors like Cuomo and um, Newsom and others were uh, arguing for and beginning to implement. And, oh, if you just took a crystal ball and threw it forward a year, you'd see that Daryl Issa's predictions really came true. He had the potential toll on the economy, the potential toll on America's psyche, uh, just right. And so we want to bring them back, talk about that. They've got a recall in California, right? And of course, we've got a massive immigration crisis. Mark Morgan yesterday, the former CPB commissioner, gave us such a great overview of that event, of what is really going on, the dishonesty in government, the size of the crisis, the potential downstream impact on border communities and everyday Americans. So we're going to be talking to Congressman Daryl Issa in just a few minutes. You do not want to miss this interview. It's going to be full of news and full of fresh ideas. And um, it's uh, one of those things you just don't want to miss too often. So, all right, before we get there, I want to talk to you about one story that I broke this morning. Uh, by the way, if you haven't had a chance, check out all of the um, headlines on justthenews.com. A lot of interesting breaking news, a lot of great enterprise pieces. We just hired a new enterprise reporter. So as you know, Daniel Payne and I do a lot of the investigative work. We just brought a, um, a, a new reporter. I'm really excited about that. And so we're growing in terms of reach. Greg Piper started on Monday. He's already had a couple of good stories. We'll have a good one tomorrow. Uh, but we're, we're growing and, uh, and determined as ever. Um, to get the truth out there in the way that we best can and to break the sort of stories that many of our colleagues in the media are turning a willful blind eye to, willful ignorance. Uh, we're, we're better than that. We want to show that we're better than that. So we're going to work it hard. All right. So this morning I had an important story. It came out of the seldom perused uh, everyday 
machinations in the Carter Page lawsuit. Remember, Carter Page was a target of the FISA warrant, falsely accused by the FBI and Christopher Steele of being um, a uh, Russian stooge for Russian intelligence, when in fact he was assisting the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. He was one of our good guys, but we smeared him in public and in private for a year. We invaded his uh, privacy, trampled his civil liberties, and he has now sued uh, about a dozen federal officials, people like James Comey, Andrew McCabe, uh, I believe uh, Lisa Page and and Peter Strzok and, and um, some of the analysts and agents, including one of the intelligence analysts that, that singled out in the IG report. He has sued them for $75 million for uh, invasion of privacy, uh, violations of his civil liberties. Very powerful case. So, Ordinarily, when current or former government officials are sued for work involving their uh, government work for their capacity and their their government work, not their private actions, but their government work, the U.S. government, the Justice Department, provides them some um, uh, representation. They get attorneys from the Justice Department to argue against the lawsuit, against the litigation Uh, But in this case, the Justice Department has informed all the defendants in the Carter Page case that they are unlikely to provide that representation and that each of those defendants needs to get their own lawyers. In fact, James Comey, right after that determination was made last week, told the court he had gotten a private attorney, a former federal prosecutor out of New York, so he got a heavy hitter. We learned this information particularly because of a filing by a guy named Brian Auten, A-U-T-E-N, Brian Auten. He was the analyst who was involved in analyzing the Steele dossier, analyzing some of the intelligence coming in from the two informants, Christopher Steele, Stefan Halper, very important stuff. And in a filing on Monday this week, he wrote, on March 15th, 2021, Mr. Auten was informed that it was unlikely that DOJ would be able to represent any of the individual defendants in this matter, including Mr. Auten. On the same day, Mr. Auten requested that he, uh, that the undersigned attorneys from the law firm of Steptoe and Johnson, a very good white collar law firm, uh, 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 be the counsel of record on his behalf in the Carter Page lawsuit. So that's the big revelation. The government, you know, is leaving these actors inside the FBI that pursued Carter Page vouched for the very flawed FISA warrants. They're on their own. They must have their own attorneys. That's what it looks like. And uh, again, doesn't mean the government's going to acknowledge that there was wrongdoing, but allowing these men, uh, most of them are men, at least Page obviously isn't, but uh, most of the uh, FBI G men uh, to have to get their own private attorneys gives some sense of what, may give give us some sense of what the Justice Department thinks of their conduct. Remember, one of them, one of the sued, Uh, Kevin Kleinsmith has been indicted and convicted of falsifying a document about Carter Page. Pretty hard for the government to defend him in a civil lawsuit when they convicted him in a criminal lawsuit. Some of the others, like um, uh, Andy McCabe, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, they've sued the Justice Department, saying they shouldn't have been terminated for their misconduct in the Russia case or for leaking or for other things. Kind of hard to represent them when you're at loggerheads with them, right? Justice Department's being accused by them and they want to be represented by them. That creates a conflict of interest. There's a, probably a lot of reasons, a, a panam- panoply of reasons why 
the Justice Department has decided not to provide these uh, FBI current former officials um, representation. But it's an important thing, and it comes in the aura, in the atmosphere, where John Durham, the special prosecutor, the man who brought the charges against Kevin Kleinsmith, uh, who got upgraded to special counsel in December by Attorney General Barr as the Trump administration was leaving office, as he winds down his investigation and determines if anyone should be charged criminally for their conduct in the Russia case. Important stuff all around. Uh, That's why we do the things we do now. You don't have to take our word for it. Why? Because we always put our original source documents, our original source links, our audio, our video, in the story, in what's known as the digging button, digging tool. So while you're reading the story, there's the article, then there's the digging version of the article, which is basically my reporter's notebook for the story. And you can go and read all these documents yourself, see what's been said, what Carter Page alleged, what Brian Otten told the court, what, what James Comey told, told the court. Uh, it's all sitting in plain view for you to do your own research because we want to help you make up your own mind. We don't make it up for you. We're not indoctrinating you. We're not trying to create opinion or sway your influence you in any way. We just want to give you facts, facts that oftentimes the rest of the media are forgetting to give you and let you make up your own mind. And that's what we did with this story. Very important story. The Justice Department unlikely to provide the normal representation it would for all of the defendants in the FBI, current and former officials, James Comey, Angie McCabe, at all uh, in the, the lawsuit that they face as defendants from Carter Page, one of the victims of the Russia collusion delusion. So uh, that's the big story of the day. Important reporting there. Go take a look at it. Look at the documents. Lots of other good stories. But now we're going to go to quick commercial break. And when we come back, here's what we're going to do. You know why? We're going to have a big interview with the one, the only, Daryl Issa, congressman from California. Uh, Really eloquent voice on oversight issues on the border. And as you remember, if you go back to the early days of the John Solomon Reports podcast, we had him on March, April, about a year ago, and he called uh, the predictions on what the shutdown, the COVID panic, the COVID pandemic, um, what it would do to the American economy, to the American people. And I think he had it right. So we're bringing him back on to talk about that prediction as well as what's going on at the border. And of course, um, the California recall election where Gavin Newsom, because of his COVID pandemic performance, is facing a very serious threat of recall. All right, let's go to that commercial break. Remember to sponsor our, our uh, support, our sponsors and our advertisers. They're so important to what we do. We love them. And, uh, well, we're going to um, uh, let you hear from them directly so that you can support them. Remember, supporting them means you're supporting John Solomon's reports and the Just the News website. So we thank you. All right. We'll be back right after the commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. 
As AMAX membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who for a large part of my career, played such an important role. He was uh, back in my early days as a young Associated Press reporter. Congressman Daryl Issa was in charge of the most important oversight committee, did some of the most important investigations in Congress. I was a great beneficiary as a journalist being able to cover those. And he took a little hiatus from Congress. He's back and here to talk to us about all the crazy things going on in the border and in California. Congressman, good to have you back on the show. Well, John, good to be on, and and I think for your your listeners, uh, uh, there's nothing more uh, important. I think after 18 years of serving uh, in Washington, to have two years of really being outside Washington and finding out the good uh, and the bad that uh, had happened during those uh, nearly two decades. So I'm enthused uh, to come back and deal uh, mostly against the bad, uh, including this abandonment of any kind of enforcement at our border, which you alluded to during your, your introduction. It's remarkable. We had Mark Morgan, uh, the former CPB commissioner, on yesterday, a guy who worked for both President Obama and uh, President Trump, and the lawlessness and the intentional lawlessness that has been inflicted on the border upon the CPB officers is is just jaw-dropping. And, you know, I've been watching your tweets, watching you talk a little bit, and particularly as it relates to California, one of the most important border states, uh, you have a strong sense that the planning the or lack of planning was intentional, that, that this was the, the intentional creation of a crisis. I've heard you say that. Tell us a little bit what has you, have you so concerned about what's going on, particularly in your own state, but across the border? Well, I think in California, where we have the largest population of people who are, quote, undocumented immigrants, uh, we are acutely aware of what the legacy costs are, uh, the operations of MS-13, uh, the drug trafficking and the crime that goes with it, all is part of an uncontrolled border. Uh, we also have the largest, uh, if you will, immigrant labor population. Uh, California lives and feeds America with, uh, with lettuce and tomatoes, uh, onions, garlic, you name it, anything that's in a salad bowl you're more likely to get it from California than anywhere else. Uh, but you can't justify the need for, uh, for lettuce uh, and the complete ignoring of the safety of your citizens. And that's what uh, has been happening since the end of the Trump administration. Uh, the, uh, I talked to the Border Patrol and ICE agents and, uh, and their union representatives, and they have been literally told to stand down. Uh, at this point, what we used to call catch and release, which was catch, give somebody an order to appear and release. They're not even giving them the order to appear. So the whole idea that you catch somebody has become a farce because they're being released. And then what is the saddest is these unaccompanied minors, they're being released to 
people who they allege are family members or people who have a phone number, uh, these are clearly, in many cases, people who are being trafficked. And when you see uh, a 14-year-old girl uh, with a phone number in her pocket and you're releasing to somebody without even verifying that they are legally in the country, uh, there's no question at all you may be releasing to somebody who's going to abuse or use that child, uh, and, and you're mm. doing so with the full faith of, of the American people uh, theoretically behind it. And that's what's happening under the Biden administration. Yeah, it's really remarkable. And the human trafficking concerns are real. They're extensive. Um, there are many Democrats who very quietly don't want to take on the Biden administration, but they know this is going to be a dark legacy of this sudden uh, loss of control of the border. I saw you uh, tweet out, uh, maybe it was yesterday or two days ago, your concerns about the San Diego Convention Center being used as a temporary housing uh, location. Uh, really strong words about the lack of planning, that this isn't really a solution. Talk to us why, first, how it happened, and then two, why, why you think this is a bad idea. Well, it's a bad idea because the convention center is an economic producer for the area, and because of our governor's lockdown, it's producing nothing. Uh, and so they said, well, it's, it's available. Let's use it like a great hotel. Well, the reality is there's no such thing as temporary in a permanent problem. Uh, right now, the, the onslaught coming over the border is growing, not shrinking. The, the use of the convention center will not be temporary. It will be long term. And the uh, ability for that uh, facility to safely handle and, and isolate people doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at a typical convention center with its very large open rooms and an absence of, if you will, a filtration system, what you really have is a COVID-generating uh, uh, facility designed almost uh, to be an incubator for disease. And so, you know, we have a number of reasons in this pandemic. We're not testing uh, these uh, refugees slash immigrants. We're uh, letting them go and or now housing them this way. And this, by the way, in a city that where our homeless population of, of citizens is, is growing very, very quickly. And we right now we have those citizens in tents. So you, you look and say, do we have the resources to take care of the, our own homeless? No. Are we going to put people in an unsafe environment and call it temporary? Yes. Uh, and lastly, of course, is we're only finding a way to encourage more of this wrongful behavior from South and Central America, where not since the 1849 gold rush have there been so many people coming to California uh, in search of opportunity, an opportunity that is going to be a false opportunity if we can't control our borders. Yeah, that's such a, an important point. And the, the very people who, those who advocate this policy say they're helping, they may actually be putting in worse circumstances, as you mentioned, the human trafficking. It isn't pleasant to be sleeping side by side by side, as we've seen in some of these horrific pictures. Um, they're really not helping these people. And they're often here, when they're released into a community, they, uh, they have nothing in their pocket. They have nowhere to go. Uh, this is not a well-thought-out uh, humanitarian effort at all. When the president took over, uh, his promise was less drama, more order, more competence, more transparency. Judge President Biden's first 60 days on those four standards, drama, uh, order, uh, competence, and transparency. 
Well, I think it's important that the, that we understand the drama went away because the press's coverage of the conflict has gone away. Uh, you know, this this president can trip three times going up the stairs yeah, and call the vice president President Harris, and nobody sees that there's any any anything wrong there. Yep. So, of course, you won't you won't have drama if, in fact, it's not reported. When it comes to the uh, the conflict, if you will, the antagonism between the two parties, uh, it has only grown. And it's grown because, quite frankly, this administration hasn't even had a first meeting with the Republican leader of the House. Uh, that tells you just how out of touch they are with any kind of outreach or attempt to work on a uh, across-the-aisle bipartisan basis. Uh, lastly, transparency. And that's probably... My greatest disappointment. I knew Joe Biden as the vice president. He he supported legislation that was designed to create and, and grow transparency. This administration has gone into such a lockdown that even CNN and MSNBC are wondering when they're going to get to look at these facilities, these thousand plus uh, unaccompanied minors that are sitting in what uh, AOC called cages. Uh, they're not able to see them or, or video them. Because, in fact, there's no transparency. Uh, that's the reality we have. And so I think looking at the, your four pillars, the most stunning one is the last one. The fact that the press is not holding this administration accountable for any level of transparency, even something uh, that they're calling a challenge that uh, I heard them slip on CNN the other night and call it a crisis. I, I think they did. Yeah, I think even uh, Jen Psaki may have slipped once on the podium and said that and had a double back quickly. Um, pretty pretty remarkable when they can't even use the right word for it. Uh, you've been a big uh, advocate of transparency and, uh, and all of the, I remember all the great investigations you did over the years. When you look at um, the downstream consequences of this uncontrolled border, uh, you said something that really struck my ears. I mean, for the the first people who pay for this are the communities, because once the Biden administration releases somebody, they don't worry about them anymore. And then it's left to the communities to take on these costs, these problems, this, whether it's crime, mental illness, poverty. Uh, how big is the downstream impact on California? And is California under a Gavin Newsom really capable of dealing with additional burden and pressure on top of the things it's struggling with already? Well, California is a place where for 200 years, nearly 200 years, people came toward. Uh, we have grown, uh, as a matter of fact, since we became a state in 1851, we have every 10 years added congressional seats. Well, we're about to lose a congressional seat or two for the first time because people are leaving. They're, they're voting with their U-Haul trucks. Wow. Uh, but I think more importantly, the job opportunities and the growth uh, in the future, the good-paying jobs are clearly not going to be there, and that's that's the tragedy. Is you have an incoming group of very needy people from third-world countries who are hoping that Amer that California is going to be the American dream, but it's going to be a nightmare of minimum wage jobs and and jobs, quite frankly, in the underground economy, because California simply is not producing the kind of wealth it once produced. So. Uh, Gavin Newsom is now subject to a recall. It has been the Secretary of State has agreed that they have more than enough signatures. The real question we've got to look past a failed governor, and we've got to look toward the question of 
what policies and what changes led by what future governor are going to actually turn California around, make it the envy of the rest of the country the way it was during Ronald Reagan's governorship. If we could do that, it can still be saved because people want to live here. But right now, I'm going to predict that, in fact, uh, Gavin's going to be, Gavin Newsom is going to be recalled, but that, in fact, we have not yet had a candidate who has been able to clearly articulate a vision for that shining city on the hill uh, that is America and was California. Yeah, it's such a great point. The, the demise of California is measured in almost every statistical way. And you, you said it in the most uh, blunt way. You're going to lose one or two congressional seats. That's a really remarkable statement of the exodus that's going on there. When you look at the recall, Gavin Newsom is sort of the final holder of a decade or two of, of just continuous policies that have failed the California people. Do you see anyone you like? Is there someone in the recall that you say, you know what, if that person gets in, I feel like we're, we're going to have a chance to do something uh, to get the state back on its feet. Uh, anyone out there right now that appeals to you or that you think has broad enough appeal to, to win a recall election? Well, I think people have to look at uh, former San Diego Mayor Faulkner for a reason. Uh, he, uh, he lives up to that, that old axiom that he's probably the most conservative candidate that can win. Uh, he's nobody's idea of a staunch, staunch right winger. Uh, but when he was uh, mayor, came into a real disaster in San Diego, he was able to turn San Diego around, work with a disproportionately Democrat city council and get some things done. Uh, doesn't mean that he's the choice that uh, the people who remember Duke Majin and Reagan uh, right. fondly would, would choose, but he may be the, the most winnable candidate and the one that could build a coalition of, uh, of Republicans and pro-business people and some Democrats to rebuild our state. Uh, and so I'd say he's the one to look at. Uh, but right now, you also have to ask, what is his team? What how bold will he be and what will he promise the people of California will change? Will we, will we no longer have our public utilities in bankruptcy? Will our lights stop going out on hot days in the afternoon? Uh, will we embrace clean natural gas or will we continue uh, to have this, this dream that everything's going to be solar even when it isn't sufficient uh, to feed the economy? Those kinds of questions uh, and, and hundreds more uh, are all going to be asked. And by the way, in the next month or two, the subject's going to be the pandemic and illegal immigration. And both of them have uh, have represented areas that Gavin Newsom has been a complete disaster. So the only thing I would add to, to that is we also have the George Soros uh, effort to take over all of our district attorneys right now. Right. And whoever the next governor is, are they going to champion law and order, a, a return to people, especially in, in minority and, and poorer communities, having somebody to defend them against uh, the kind of crime that's been growing? Those are all issues for the next governor, and uh, I'm looking forward to listening to the candidates for that reason. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting debate because it really is a shake-up moment where maybe some fresh ideas and some fresh leadership could emerge from what's been a very difficult time. When I had you back on last year, you were still a candidate uh, on, on the comeback trail to Congress. And uh, But one of my favorite discussions with you, and I know a lot of our listeners really enjoyed it, was sort of the common sense ideas you had on COVID. And we've been through a year of ha hearing Dr. Fauci give us 50 different uh, alternatives. None of them seem to have been the right one. 
vaccines wa- was the right one. You you called that early on. President Trump clearly called that early on. What do you think needs to happen to get this country back on its feet, to get back to normalcy and say the pandemic is behind us? I'd love to get your common sense advice because back in April, you were a lone voice, but uh, most of what you said is what we ended up needing to have happen. And now we're on that moment where we can tip back to normalcy. What do you think has to happen? Well, we need to get people out of their homes, which is where three quarters of all uh, exchanges of the infection occur, get them outside and get them in their workplaces, which are both safer than where they are. That gives us that gives us actually more time to finish getting the vaccine into arms. One of the areas, Frank Luntz has been working on this, and I, I, I applaud him for it. One of the areas that's so important is to simply convince everyone that the risk to reward of taking the vaccine is worth it. Uh, the Democrats, uh, in, in trying to claim that it was rushed to market, that it may not be safe, uh, these various vaccines, have actually created a large group of people who are afraid to take the vaccine. And as a result, our return to 100% uh, workforce is being, is being slowed. And so, you know, one of the things I, I do is I say, look, pick which one you want. But if you can't if you can't trust Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, Madura, uh, and the others that are coming on, uh, these are these are great pharmaceutical companies. You've got to pick one, and you've got to get your shot. And that's. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, I was in I was in Florida uh, the other day, uh, two days ago, and uh, Ron DeSantis has really given us the the model. He's protecting his seniors. Uh, the villages and the other senior communities have a whole different set of rules to help protect the elderly until they get their vaccines. But his state is generally open. As a matter of fact, it's so open that they actually have too many people coming to spring break because they're looking for freedom and liberty and the opportunity to uh, to live life in a normal way. Uh, and I and I think we can learn a lot from uh, the few governors who have put liberty and safety as equal rather than you have to give up one to get the other. Yeah, that is so important. And you you were talking about that a year ago. I mean, your skepticism of who, your uh, concern that we were about to shut down the economy and choke it down, all all proved uh, right on the money. I remember that conversation and thinking back, wow, if you had a crystal ball, you had it just right. When you look now, uh, we have had a guy in charge of public health, at least as related to infectious diseases, for about four decades. We spent billions of dollars and we clearly were not prepared for this moment at all. And the advice that we got from the so-called experts often uh, turned out to be the bad advice. It, do you think among your colleagues in Congress that there is some will to maybe revamp, reconsider uh, the way we've treated public health and pandemic preparedness under, under a guy like Dr. Fauci? Oh, absolutely. I believe that even even my Democrat friends know that there's got to be uh, a reshuffling of how we organize both domestically and the World Health Organization. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, we're rejoining the World Health Organization, but they also know the World Health Organization need, didn't even get an inspection team into Wuhan, China for a year. That, that tells you just how inept that organization is. Uh, I think the important thing, though, is that we've got to come up with a model uh, if you will, a system of independently testing whether we're ready or not. Right. Every bureaucracy, every agency loves to tell you, we got this for next time. We've made the changes. <laughs> but unless somebody tests it, you're not going to know. 
for years I had a nuclear power plant in my district, and I, I would go there when the, uh, they just finished an independent, unannounced uh, inspection where a group came in like raiders uh, to, uh, to actually see whether security was sufficient. That kind of testing of our nuclear facilities was critical to make sure that it wasn't somebody simply saying, uh, it's okay, right. but in fact it wasn't. I want to check. We that. need that in. We need that against the next pandemic. Uh, just as, quite frankly, on Capitol Hill, we need that against the the next time a crowd gets out of hand. And um, I'm going to be supporting that kind of initiative to, uh, to uh, in Congress to force us to have outside independent testing of whether or not we're ready for the next pandemic. And that's such an important idea, and it's not one that you hear a lot of people talking about right now, but that tabletop exercise, that independent valuation, because bureaucrats will always tell you they got the situation covered, and oftentimes they don't. Uh, really really valuable idea, Congressman. Good to have that on here. Well, sir, I know you got to get back to work. I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us, enlightening us on the border crisis, on COVID, on the California recall, and we hope to get you back soon. Have me back. Thanks a lot. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, sir. Greatly appreciate it. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Really enjoyed the time today talking to Congressman Issa. We covered so much ground, a lot of issues. I think we tried to answer some of the questions I know you've been asking just the news from their 
from your communications on the website, from your tweets. I think Daryl Issa gave us a good overview of a lot of stuff. Keep in mind that between what Mark Morgan said, what Daryl Issa said, there is a lot of reason to doubt the accuracy, honesty, thoroughness of what some of the Biden administration and government officials are giving us about the scope and severity of the problem at the border. Uh, that is a factual basis, not not a supposition or opinion. Uh, they have provided the facts. I think Morgan said there was a 6,000 illegal crossing day not too long ago, that being way above where things were at the end of the Trump administration. All right, a couple things. Yesterday, I gave us our first quiz, and today I owe you the answer, right? The answer is all 50 states. I mean, what was the question? How many state legislatures are considering the compact that would substitute uh, the national popular vote winner for the Electoral College's decision-making authority. Basically, an end run around the Constitution. And we gave you all sorts of different numbers from 17 to 25 to 37. But the correct number is all 50 states have a version of this legislation in their legislature right now. That's how widespread this movement, particularly by liberals, is. Um, if you answered 50 you got it right if you didn't you just learned something and that's why we're doing the quiz why we're doing the weekly civics literacy uh, uh, story next week we'll do something fun in the podcast about the filibuster i know you think it's a drink right it's not a fuzzy navel um, it's not a martini it's a procedure in the senate that has a very long and important history and we're going to introduce that to you next week and we're going to give you a quiz which i think you'll enjoy all right, one last thing, uh, because as I tell you all the time, uh, I want each of us to uh, sponsor the advertisers, the sponsors of our show, support them, buy their products, subscribe to their services. And, you know, the other day um, I had uh, a weird episode. I was putting my credit card into the machine to get gas and credit card machine acted very weirdly. It didn't go through the normal steps. It almost looked like it was scanning or taking pictures. I got really spooked. I called my bank and said, hey, I, I used my ATM. In fact, I left the gas station before I could pump gas because I didn't like it. Went to a different pump, different station. Called my credit card company like, hey, there's a lot going on. A lot of identity theft going out there. And um, that is uh, real. Well, you know, that could also happen with your home. Uh, uh, simple identity theft is more widespread than just your credit card. Uh, it can get to your home title with a crime called home title theft. And if it happens to you, it's devastating. It's devastating. Uh, your insurance usually doesn't cover you for it. And someone could theoretically sign your name and sign the title of your home away from you to someone else, leaving you in the cold for a long time. That's why my friends at Home Title Lock have created a great solution. They'll protect you from having your house sold out from under you, from having your title stolen from you, from having someone borrow money against your title without your knowledge. Uh, the, the folks at Home Title Lock avoid, detect, defeat anyone tampering with your home title. They help shut it down. I love that about them. So if you want to get protected, and I think you should, especially in this era of cyber criminals where the pandemic has seemed to have gotten more and more criminals creative on how to steal your money, your documents, your identity. You go to hometitlelock.com and you register your home address and you'll see already, have you been a victim? Has someone been doing something? Then you enter in the code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O, for 30 free days of protection. That's a great deal. 
a month's free. You get to try it out. You see how it happens. You get a free scan of your home title just in case someone's been tampering with it. Uh, and all you have to do is go to HomeTitleLock.com and put in the promo code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O. And just because you're just a news listener, you're going to get that month's free and uh, a free scan to let you know whether you have anything to worry about. That is what I call a good deal. Peace of mind has no price. Um, knowing that you've locked down your title to your most valuable pro, um, asset, like your home, is uh, a worthwhile endeavor. So check it out today. And while you're at it, have a good night. May God bless you. Uh, may God bless this great country as he always has. We'll be back tomorrow with more interviews, more exclusive reporting from justinnews.com. And of course, the John Solomon Reports Podcast. God bless you. Talk to you soon. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.